Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of hypertrophic scars and keloids from the dermatology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 26-year-old Chinese woman presents to her dermatologist for a persistent growth on her chest. She had previously burned a small portion of her presternal skin while curling her hair two years ago. While the burn healed without any problem, she noticed a protuberance where the burn previously was. She reports that this growth seems to be larger than the original burn. On physical exam, she has a 5-centimeter elliptical firm, pink, and shiny growth. While counseling that this may not go away completely, her dermatologist agrees to start intralesional steroid injections. This is a case of hypertrophic scars. Let's now get into the episode. Let's start with a brief introduction and clinical definition of hypertrophic scars and keloids. This condition is defined by abnormal and excessive scarring in response to dermal injury resulting in hypertrophic scars or keloids. In terms of epidemiology and incidence, keloid incidence is 6-16% to of African population. In terms of the demographics, it most commonly presents in people between the ages of 10 to 30. In terms of risk factors, there's an increased risk of keloids in groups with darker skin, in patients of African, Hispanic, or Asian descent, in patients with a family history, and in patients who have wounds on the chest, shoulders, upper arms, earlobes, or cheeks. The risk factor of hypertrophic scars is wounds on areas of high skin tension, for example shoulders, neck, knees, and ankles. And risk factors for both of these conditions include dermal injury caused by burns and wounds that take greater than three weeks to heal. In terms of the etiology, keloids can be caused by previous trauma or they can spontaneously occur. Hypertrophic scars usually occur due to previous trauma. In terms of pathogenesis, hypertrophic scars and keloids are caused by dysregulation of wound healing. Recall that normal wound healing stages are inflammation, proliferation, and remodeling or maturation. Keloids are caused by an increase in type 1 and type 3 collagen. This is disorganized and extends beyond the original wound. Abnormalities in melanocyte-stimulating hormone may also contribute to this condition. And the pathogenesis for hypertrophic scars is an increase in type 3 collagen. This is organized as parallel and confined to the original wound. It also involves an increased activation of myofibroblasts that may contribute as well. With respect to the prognosis of keloids, the recurrence is frequent and it will not regress over time. With respect to the prognosis of hypertrophic scars, their recurrence is rare and they may regress over time. In terms of the clinical presentation and symptoms along with physical exam findings of hypertrophic scars and keloids, symptoms include abnormal scarring that occurs after trauma or injury. They often are itchy or painful. Keloids are more itchy and painful than hypertrophic scars. Keloids may take months to years to develop, whereas hypertrophic scars usually appear within one month. In terms of physical exam findings, you would notice scarring along the previous site of the wound. You would also notice that these scars are well-defined, firm, and shiny. They would be pink, purple, or hyperpigmented, and they would have irregular borders. Let's now talk about the diagnostic studies including biopsy and histology of hypertrophic scars and keloids. The indication of biopsy is only if the clinical diagnosis is uncertain. On histological studies, keloids would appear as thick collagen fibers with abundant mucoid matrix. They would be disorganized type 1 and type 3 collagen. 
and hypertrophic scars on histology would present as thick collagen fibers with minimal mucoid matrix. They would also contain myofibroblasts and parallel type 3 collagen. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to consider here is basal cell carcinoma. Let's now go over the treatment of hypertrophic scars and keloids. In terms of medical treatment, you would use intralesional corticosteroid injections, and in terms of its indication, it is first line for treatment that is often used with silicone sheeting. And silicone sheeting is indicated as first line for treatment that is often used with intralesional corticosteroid injections. In terms of operative treatment, surgical excision is indicated for scars that are associated with contractures. And finally, in terms of complications, the main complication is contractures limiting mobility. This is associated with hypertrophic scars. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. You are seeing a 21-year-old African-American male in clinic. He recently got his ears pierced, but had to remove the piercing due to the findings on the earlobe. What is the mechanism underlying this patient's finding? 1. Excessive melanocyte proliferation. 2. Excessive collagen deposition. 3. Neoplastic fibroblasts. 4. Excessive inflammation. or 5. Congenital malformation. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2, excessive collagen deposition. This patient has a keloid, which is due to excessive collagen deposition. Keloids are caused by excessive collagen deposition, typically in response to trauma, where ear piercings and burns are common inciting events. They are frequently found in young African-American patients and can cause functional impairments depending on the location, as well as significant cosmetic burden. Treatment is either with topical solutions or with surgical excision. However, surgical excision has a high rate of recurrence, and some practitioners have begun using cryotherapy as a method of excision. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. Juckett and Hartman Adams review the management of keloids. They note that keloids are often found in young patients with darker skin and are frequently found on the face and upper chest. Surgical removal of keloids is difficult due to high rates of recurrence, but there are post-surgical treatments such as pulse dye laser or radiation that may help reduce the rates of recurrence. There is little evidence that vitamin supplement is helpful in treating keloids. The second citation by Manka et al. conducted a case series of electrochemotherapy for keloids with bleomycin administered systemically as the chemo part of the therapy. They noted that the treatment was well tolerated with no serious adverse effects and a median reduction of 87% in volume size. Patients also had a reduction in puritis and there was only one recurrence at 18 months. Let's now go over the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, melanocyte proliferation is a precursor to melanoma development, not keloid development. Answer choice 3, while fibroblasts are responsible for collagen deposition in keloids, they are non-neoplastic. Answer choice 4. While keloids often form in response to trauma, they are not considered to be inflammatory lesions. And finally, answer choice 5. Given that this patient did not have this lesion prior to his attempted ear piercing, it is very unlikely that this is a congenital malformation.
Next question. A 23-year-old woman presents to the office with a bump on her ear. She first noticed the lesion three months ago, shortly after getting her ear pierced, and says it has continued to grow in size. The lesion occasionally itches, but she denies pain and any hearing changes. On exam, the lesion is firm, immobile, and exhibits rubbery nodules not confined to the area of initial skin trauma. Which of the following is most likely involved in the pathogenesis of this lesion? 1. Degradation of collagen, elastin, and deep dermal fat. 2. Deposition of collagen fibers parallel to the dermal-epidermal junction without adnexal structures. 3. Deposition of excess collagen confined to the boundaries of the original lesion. 4. Deposition of excess collagen with an increased type 3 to type 1 ratio. Or 5. Deposition of fine elastic fibers in the papillary dermis centrally with thicker tortuous fibers peripherally. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4. Deposition of excess collagen with an increased type 3 to type 1 ratio. This patient developed a firm, immobile nodule on her ear following skin trauma marked by piercing that is most consistent with a keloid scar. Keloid scars are benign skin lesions caused by high fibroblast proliferation with excess collagen or increased type 3 to 1 ratio deposition that grow beyond the boundaries of the original lesion. Remember, keloid scars are benign skin lesions resulting from abnormal wound healing in response to skin trauma or inflammation. Keloid development is more common in darker-skinned individuals of African, Asian, and Hispanic descent. Overactive fibroblastic activity causes excess collagen deposition that is composed predominantly of type 3 collagen. Keloids present clinically as firm, rubbery nodules that extend beyond the area of initial skin trauma as opposed to hypertrophic scars which are confined to the area of the initial trauma. Diagnosis is based on clinical appearance of the lesion with a history of trauma or surgery to the area. Treatment modalities include intralesional or topical steroids, cryotherapy, surgical excision, which has a risk of relapse, radiotherapy, and laser therapy. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, degradation of collagen, elastin, and deep dermal fat results in atrophic scars which appear as indented scar tissue that heals below the level of adjacent tissue. Common causes of atrophic scars include acne vulgaris, chickenpox, and nevus excision. Answer choice 2, deposition of collagen fibers parallel to dermal-epidermal junction without adnexal structures, for example hair follicles, sebaceous glands, apocrine sweat glands, and eccrine sweat glands. This results in normal scar tissue. This lesion has collagen deposition above the dermal-epidermal junction. Answer choice 3. Deposition of excess collagen confined to the boundaries of the original lesion results in a hypertrophic scar. Hypertrophic and keloid scars are both the result of high fibroblastic activity resulting in excess collagen production. However, unlike keloids, hypertrophic scars do not grow beyond the boundaries of the original lesion. And finally, answer choice 5, deposition of fine elastic fibers in the papillary dermis centrally with thicker tortuous fibers peripherally results in striae, marked by stretch marks. Striae form during rapid growth, such as puberty, 
pregnancy or weight gain and appear as reddish or purple lines perpendicular to the direction of skin tension. In summary, keloid scars are benign skin lesions caused by high fibroblast proliferation with aberrant collagen marked by increased type 3 to type 1 ratio deposition that grow beyond the boundaries of the original lesion. And that's all for this review about hypertrophic scars and keloids. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.